From COK Studios on Ina Jaffe's Jungle Gym, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. On today's show, we'll consider a recap of the first year of the Trump administration. We'll also consider some techniques for how to not spoil your children this Christmas. And we'll consider that the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from Bethlehem Inns, Alabama's premier conservative Christian motel experience. Bethlehem Inns, where there's always room for you and your pregnant child bride. And I Can't Believe It's Not Myrrh, the world's finest imitation myrrh. Buy some in time for epiphany. I Can't Believe It's Not Myrrh. Two out of three wise men can't tell the difference. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. 2017 has been every bit the political sideshow that people feared when Donald Trump took office in January. Trump is polling around 32% in his approval ratings amid the Russian election scandal, foreign policy gaffes, and an agenda in Congress that has largely been stagnant all year. Much of what we have seen from the White House this year has been strange and unprecedented, so it can be difficult to quantify exactly how much damage has been done by the unorthodox Trump team. The past few weeks have seen more chaos than is typical, and there are still major legislative issues that need to be resolved before the year is out. There have been anti-Trump demonstrations in cities around the world this past week in response to the decision to move the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem setting off more unrest than usual in the Middle East. Joining us in the studio to help us recap the year in Trump are COK's LGBT correspondent, Trevin Motley, and Senior Policy Advisor and Chicken Nugget Tester for the President, Vance Blumpkin. We're glad to have you both with us. Hi, Dinah. Hello. Before we recap the first year of the Trump administration, let's talk about the huge backlash over the move of the U.S. Embassy. Oh, yeah. It's been really bad. My sources are telling me that Muslim leaders are very upset. The Palestinian ambassador to the U.N. said the U.S. has disqualified its role in leading peace efforts. This whole mess will seriously hamper any credibility the U.S. has in brokering a solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. The only people who are happy are Trump's base of support and hawkish Israelis. Oh, we'll be fine. The Middle East peace process is easy. Just ask my dreidel buddy, Jared Kushner. That's actually partly why the president made this decision to move the embassy to Jerusalem. First of all, the prime real estate is in Jerusalem, not Tel Aviv. And second, the peace process was going to be over too quick if we didn't make it a little more challenging. Jared likes a challenge, so he told his father-in-law to make things a little more interesting. Did you know that Jared went to Harvard? He's totally got this. Yeah, I doubt that. Can we discuss some of the highs and lows of the first year of the Trump presidency? Trevin, we'll start with you. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and talk like it's my turn now. There were so many highs this year, too many really. The record attendance at the inauguration, all the great legislative progress, undoing anything that the black guy who was here before did, the great rallies with so many fabulous white rubes who clearly don't know any better, not filling key positions because we don't need them, the chocolate cake at Mar-a-Lago, So many rounds of golf, all the amazing tweets. It's just been tremendous and amazing. I can't even believe we've done so much in a year. Feels like longer. (laughs) Boy, it sure does, doesn't it? I honestly can't think of any highs, Dinah. It's all been one giant low. I honestly wish I'd been high for more of the lows. 
<sighs> Me too. No highs? Come on. What about when President Trump drove that big truck? That was fun. Or when he fired James Comey? Or when he joined forces with the Hulk to take down the goddess of death? Um, oh my god. That was Thor. And that was a movie! Fake news! That was the president. Did you see his abs? I did, and that was my boyfriend, Chris Hemsworth. Trump's abs are buried under a vat of waffle batter and Big Macs. Well, how about when the president was voted Time Magazine's Person of the Year again? Um, he wasn't. Then you need to check the walls at Mar-a-Lago. Well, how about the lows? There weren't any. There's... Oh, God, Dinah. Oh, God. <sighs> There's not enough time on 50 episodes of COK to list them all, Dinah. I'm so sorry. Fair enough. We appreciate your time. Good. I need to go get the president his mid-afternoon nugs. That was LGBT correspondent Trevin Motley and senior policy advisor and presidential nug tester Vance Blumpkin. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Now we turn to gift-giving. The holidays seem to get more extravagant and over-the-top every year, especially with regard to presents. Parents have the conflicting desires to give their kids everything they want, but not leave them entitled and spoiled. Two experts are here with some advice about how to manage this Christmas balancing act. Joining us are family psychologist Marilee Madsen and the author of several parenting books, including the new one, Giving Your Kids Everything Humanly Possible, Dr. Marion Morrison. Thank you both for being with us. You're welcome. Happy to be with you. Now, we know that presents are the main focus of the holidays for kids, but how can parents make it less about that? Well, I think that it's important to create meaningful experiences for your kids at the holidays. Those are the things we remember most anyways. I'll always remember playing games with my family or helping out at a local soup kitchen far more than any of the toys I got as a kid. (laughs) I guess your parents never got you anything good then. What a shame. Dr. Morrison, what is one of your strategies? I say that it's very difficult to get your kids to not want presents. So since it's already the focus of Christmas for them, let it be front and center. Make gifts the star of the show. Go hog wild. And if there's any problems, just throw more gifts at it. I call this technique oversaturation, and it works like a dream. I keep several extra gifts in hiding for when the onslaught of presents starts to get tedious. Well, that sounds like we have some conflicting ideas here. Marilee, what else do you suggest for families? I think parents should model the behavior that they're suggesting. If you tell your kids that they can't have things, but then mom and dad are charging up the credit cards to get everything that they want, it's a problem. Their behavior speaks loudly to kids. If you keep it simple, they'll see... Right through it. Kids know when they're being cheated out of big-ticket items, so if you want to skimp on your presents, good luck. The last thing you want to hear from a child is, is that it? So that's why I say go big or go home, because kids know that credit cards are made to be maxed out to buy their love every year at this time. Uh, I couldn't disagree more. Kids will take notice of modeled behavior, and that goes for more than just how they relate to material objects. It also means letting your kids face adversity and not being a brat when things don't go exactly their way. Yeah. Bratty behavior is just part and parcel of childhood. If I had a nickel for every tantrum we have at Christmas, I could buy so many more presents for the kids. And I would, because I'm a good dad who loves his kids and shows them in the best possible way. With things. 
I want my kids to know exactly how much I love them in dollar amount. So that's why I leave the price tags on everything and I never buy anything on sale. Well, what about the old saying, it's the thought that counts? Exactly. Homemade gifts are another way to show you care that doesn't involve lavish spending. It also teaches your kids how to think about the larger idea of gift giving in a thoughtful way. Christmas is not about thoughtfulness. It's about transactions. Kids today are already so spoiled that it's pointless to fight it. It's especially important if you want your kids to be cool and well-liked at school. They'll have more friends if you give them cool stuff. It's not complicated. We're not even Jewish, but we celebrate Hanukkah so my kids don't miss out on eight nights of presents. I say in my book that your kids will feel left out if their friends get more presents than they do. That just sounds like way too much. Doesn't this extensive gift-giving make presents meaningless after a while? I would argue that it definitely does. It just diminishes any kind of gift until you're dissatisfied with life. Yep. And then you know what you do? What? You buy more presents. My children hate me. What can I do? Sounds like you and your family need therapy. You think? My father never hugged me. Okay, then. That was family psychologist Marilee Madsen and the author of Giving Your Kids Everything Humanly Possible, A Guide to Buying Happiness, Dr. Marion Morrison. Now it's time for this week's Big Little Wins, because we need to celebrate every win we can, no matter how small. Congratulations to Janie Hartley in Rhode Island, who finally got the hint and decided to stop making her Nana's fruitcake for her friends and family this year. Your Nana didn't even like it, so we're glad you're making fudge to give people instead. This Big Little Win is actually for everyone who won't have to choke down that dry, disgusting fruitcake anymore. Our other big little win comes from Scott Gutierrez in Tucson, who got through Pixar's new movie Coco without crying. You're the only one in America who's done it, Scott, and even though you're a complete robot who didn't even have one sniffle at the warm family story, we have to say, well done. If you or someone you know has a big little win worth sharing, let us know by posting on Facebook or Twitter. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. You can download the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Hobart Willis, Jeremiah Knight, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. I say that it's very difficult to get your kids to not want present. So, since it's already the... <laughs> want present. <laughs> want present. present. Me want friend. present. Me want present. <laughs> I say that it's very difficult to get your kids to not want presents. So... <laughs> Slow down. Oh, Lord. It's a struggle tonight. I'm sorry to... Given my gift. <laughs> <laughs> Just slow down. You Emily Clausen, the oh. gift. <laughs> <laughs> she is a gift of all mankind. <laughs>